I'm hot for teacher. We thought we were done. We thought we were finished. We thought we would never talk about a movie minute by minute again. But we were wrong. Join us as we get to know the cast next door. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of The Cast Next Door, where we love your mother's cookies. I am Clint Worthington of Alka Hollywood. I'm Dre Holland of Nothing in Particular. And I am Zach Powers of the Revisionists podcast. When we last left our heroes, uh, JLo had sort of just extricated herself, not, well, tr- has been trying to extricate herself from a pretty uh, unfortunate situation. Uh, and she has just told, just told Ryan Guzman, aka Noah, that. Uh, he was very sweet and flattering in the their uh, previously very sexily filmed mm-hmm. lovemaking uh, that she immediately regrets in the morning. And this sets That's the Noah poll off. quote for sex with Noah. Sweet, dot, 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 and flattering. <laughs> flattering, says J-Lo. Uh, yes, and this is what sets him off. And, uh, we, and he expresses his anger the same way that Andy from The Office does by uh, punching a wall. This is... Accompanied yeah. by the, a horrifying music sting, so we know this is like the first yeah. indicator. This is the red flag that, like, suddenly he's he says like, ah! he says it was more than that in kind of a creepy vibe. He straight punches a cold clocks a brick wall with a closed fist so hard his knuckles bleed. Yeah, it it's just so funny the way the scene plays out because, like, I don't know. It's I feel like it's they think that they've foreshadowed it more than they have. This is because it has to come. This comes out of nowhere, kind of. Like if we didn't know what the premise of the movie was, pretty no, much. Yeah. Like, like yeah, sure. We know this we saw be, we saw the trailer, so we expect this. But this would be if if I went into this movie totally blind, uh, like not even huh? seeing the opening credits, because I think they kind of are intentionally creepy. This would have been a big aha moment where I got what the rest of the movie was about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like, oh, this is what they're going for. Okay. It's it's unfortunate. I don't know. Uh is it is it immediately after that that they that they cut to the kitchen or is does so, she talk with him a little more? Actually, I yeah, this so happens. He says it was more than that. He punches a brick wall, then they cut to the kitchen where she is cleaning off his hand with what looks like hydrogen peroxide. She's now fully <laughs> dressed. Her towel her towel blanket that was so perfectly applied is gone. Uh-huh. Right, and she is responding directly to the previous comment, which was, "It was more than that." She says the word "I was vulnerable." She says, "I was vulnerable again," just to make it make sure he knows that, uh, you know, she really wasn't that into it. She was just trying to make herself feel good. That's always nice. I mean, right? I just kind of want to see those minutes where like they're trying to get the hydrogen peroxide, and she's like, "Okay, hold on, let me get dressed real quick." <laughs> right, like trying to struggle to get on a like, shirt. We'll continue with this conversation. I know exactly where we were at. I'm going to continue from the spot. I'm just going to run into the bathroom. Right, <laughs> and and you know, and you know what? It got her to stay a few more minutes. And I feel like there had to be a part where like she was like, "I can't find the hydrogen peroxide," and he's like, "It's the third shelf, third shelf." <laughs> Like third shelf up cabinet. or third shelf down. Big cabinet. It says hydrogen peroxide on it. <laughs> it was facing the other way. 
<laughs> I was but so yeah. vulnerable in that bathroom. I just couldn't find the hydrogen peroxide by myself. <laughs> She's pretty vulnerable in that bathroom. Yeah. Yes. Ooh. It manifests itself as both a way uh, to express a sort of unpredictability and also just another way to like get him to mother, get her to mother him a little bit. Yeah. Um, and even then it gives him more chances to try like, cause Noah just doesn't get it. He cannot take a hint. Like, cause she tries to lay it on, like, even after, even after seeing what he's capable of, like, and, and, you know, to her credit, she's like, yeah, this isn't going to work. Like, I was just feeling vulnerable and, uh, you know, I, I understand that this is pretty great for you, but I don't know. Um, but I mean, I don't know at a certain point, like he, his personality also turns on a dime too, where he's just like, just leave and then growls out the go. Yeah, um, and yeah, then she looks know. pretty dejected in that moment. Like, oh, yeah, like, I wanted no, to stay. In, wanted. I wanted to stay and, and tend to your wound and make sure you knew that I wasn't really into you. Um, that I was you just about using how vulnerable you. I was. Yeah, I wanted. I wanted to tell you. I that, have a good yeah. three or four pages on the vulnerability here prepared. Well, I mean, I, I guess it's that weirdly selfish thing of like you want to let them down easy, I guess, but she's still upset that she made him upset. Yeah, right. I don't know. Right. She's sort of like, oh, I failed in my duty to get away from to get away with this consequence free, mm. like even like even like absent of hurt feelings, you know, um, and hurt knuckles apparently. <laughs> um, but yeah, just Noah, Noah's sort of petulant behavior is just kind of kind of baffling to me and how sort of off and on it is. And they they try to write it and perform it in a way that makes him just seem like like that unstable villain, you know. But it just comes across as just contradictory a little bit a little bit yeah because later on in the movie it feels more like he's a full-blown sociopath with like a somewhat of an obsession but yeah here like it, the, it looks like he's a little more complicated crazy yeah the movie is sort of unclear as to like how far his sociopathy goes and how like how far in the past it is because i mean he has the thing with his parents but like has he tried this before with other like you get the impression that maybe in some drafts this wasn't the first time that he had done this with somebody, but like yeah. like with someone he had specifically sexed. But like this also just feels like she was at the wrong place at the wrong time, and it was like the first sort of somehow the first woman to like really give him what he wanted. Uh, it could be per- like the- it kind of feels like an extreme case of like borderline personality disorder where you view things very black and white and either something's amazingly good or it's horrifically bad. Right. And no one's all like, but I made a sex with you. Uh, Why aren't you mine? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But, uh, so, I mean, that ends up, that ends up happening. And, uh, oh, and and then like the scene ends yet again with yet another pan down past the, the table, table into, into the black. black i fully expected somehow for us to just go past the table and we just see him still having a raging boner <laughs> and then uh then going into the floor i think maybe just maybe just that's that's what i wanted i me. think panning down past furniture into blackness is to whatever this director's name was what star wipes were to homer simpson because <laughs> yes. he absolutely loves him. He relented for a good 90 seconds and then came right back. Well, because cause Rob Cohen's usual thing, and this is uh, after watching Fast and the Furious and Stealth uh, recently, his thing is usually like zooming through the mechanics of a car to see what's going on, to like, so we can see what's going on, or like a, a plane. 
but uh, that doesn't happen too much Ooh. in Boy Next Door, so he had to pick a new those, thing. Those now are he's... different kinds of movies. Yeah, those are more straight yeah. up action. And this is <laughs> like know, yeah. a creepy thriller, so the descent into blackness kind of makes sense yeah. thematically, if it's a little on the nose, perhaps. He's zooming, <laughs> zooming beneath the suburban, uh, the superficiality of the suburban oh, lifestyle yeah. and finding the dark oh, side. Oh, very nice. <laughs> very, yeah. very Henrik Ibsen. I'm, I'm sure yeah, that blue, that's blue what velvet he this ain't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Um but yeah, and then so like the final that, that that's pretty much the whole minute. Like the minute ends we still get sort of the first few seconds of the next scene and there's just like one I guess I have one thing cuz we see like the car like the Dodge the Challenger like John Corbett's Challenger pull mm-hmm. in after like the fishing trip. Um, that was just that, conveniently got them out of the story. Was that Challenger in the movie earlier? I don't know. I think maybe it was. Okay. Maybe when we, I mean, because when I first saw it, it's like either this is a member of the Yakuza or it's someone having a midlife crisis. <laughs> because, <laughs> and then it was the shave and a haircut two bits honk, and it's like definitely midnight midlife crisis for sure. Yeah, yeah. I was like, who does that? Like the beep, 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 beep. except for the lamest people, the worst. No the, wonder the they're separated. You know what? The affair was secondary to shit like that. Yeah. Be like, just that was one thing they could not work through in couples counseling. What like, is he? Does he do street res- racing in L.A. Also, I mean, like the car is just such a yeah. It's not a. He's actually a member car. of Dominic Toretto's crew. This is actually tied yeah. in with the Fast right. and Furious franchise. Exactly, yeah. it's a tie-in to his other movies. It's like how Sam Raimi always has that one car in his movies. <laughs> this is he's got to have the Fast and Furious car in every movie. No, he bought it off Xander Cage, like wholesale triple <laughs> X. Yeah, I don't know, um, but anyway, yeah. So that I mean, that pretty much ends. That pretty much ends that minute. It's it's sort of apart from the punch. It's pretty yeah. unremarkable. The facade begins to drop a little more in this minute. Basically, that's its main function. The facade seems to flip on and off. Honestly, like for me, like like yeah, the the punch is a bit of a heel turn, but like it doesn't. Feel, it feels like it feels like them tipping their hand too early, and it's as opposed to like gradually revealing the psychopathy. Of. Yeah, but then again, I don't know how many people came into this movie not knowing what to expect. It's true. I just think it's, a, it's you know, pardon the pun, it's a really ham-fisted way to show that, like like I alluded to it happening to Andy on The Office before, that was like mm. to show that he has anger management problems. He right. punches a wall. Yeah, um, it's, a, it's a shorthand for impotent rage, just like, eh, punching. Basically, yeah. Yes, so, I mean, that rage guess, is about to become much less impotent. In the the upcoming, uh, <laughs> it wasn't too impotent last night. Why? Whoa, that was yeah. that was a good one. <laughs> Thank you. I, I mean, am- we're not going to top that. I think yeah. we should just call it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fair. All right. Uh, yeah, this that wraps up this minute of the cast next door. I have been Clint. I'm Dre, and I am Zach. Thanks for listening to A Talking Cast presents The Cast Next Door. I was your host, Clint, with my guests, Zach and Dre. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, at FirstEdIliad, or download new episodes from thecastnextdoor.wordpress.com, or subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. Artwork by Josh Hollis, edited by Darren Husted, produced by Darren Husted, executive producer Clint Worthington. The Boy Next Door is owned by Bloomhouse, Smart Entertainment, New Yorican, and Universal Studios. No infringement is intended. Copyright 2015. All rights reserved. This is a first edition?